Hey, friends, and welcome to episode 28 of It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. I'm your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, and as you might know, before I became a time management coach, I spent about a decade in the super stressful, high-stakes world of crisis public relations and public affairs. You name it. Oil spills, plant explosions, droughts, hurricanes, floods, embezzlement scandals, and I've probably escorted someone down a secret freight elevator and into a back alley to avoid reporters and TV trucks waiting outside and ready to pounce. Public Relations Pro consistently makes the top 10 list of most stressful jobs in America, and it's no surprise why it makes the cut. That's why I was absolutely fascinated by the story of today's interview guest, Lindsay Andry, a public relations account executive and mom who is living the dream. So let me tell you about Lindsay so you can see what I mean. In true New Orleanian fashion, Lindsay returned to New Orleans after being raised in Nashville, Tennessee for 16 years. Lindsay joined the team at Devaney a research-driven marketing firm that develops strategic action plans for engagement that are fresh, unique, on-message, and effective at solving modern brands' toughest challenges. At Devaney, she manages healthcare and lifestyle accounts and specializes in media relations, strategic partnerships, and special events. Quick side note slash disclaimer— I actually worked at Devaney years ago before meeting Lindsay, and I am very grateful for the personal growth and experience that I gained while I was there. So Lindsay holds a Bachelor of Arts degree in mass communication with a concentration in public relations from Loyola University, New Orleans. While she was pregnant with her son, Preston, she realized she wanted nothing more than to be home and present with her child. But she also didn't want to lose the momentum in her career. About six weeks into her maternity leave, Lindsay decided she would pose the potential of becoming part-time to her boss. And her boss actually agreed. Lindsay gets the best of both worlds. She gets to continue growing in her career, working remotely 90% of the time, while also being home with her son. Outside of the office, and aside from being a mom, Lindsay enjoys her bi-weekly Zumba classes as it feeds her passion for the performing arts in a small way. She also volunteers in the community as a member of the Junior League of New Orleans. In today's conversation with Lindsay, she shares why she was drawn to the adrenaline-packed, demanding world of public relations, the exact tools that she and her family use to stay organized and on top of life and work. She also shares what compelled her to pursue the best of both worlds part-time arrangement instead of just walking away from her career. She lets us in on how she researched, strategized, planned, and prepared to make the big scary ask to her boss. And finally, she tells us what she did to move past the fear of getting a no, and she shares her advice to anyone contemplating a move to part-time. I knew I had to have Lindsay on the podcast to tell her story, simply because I can think of at least seven friends off the top of my head who were curious about moving to part-time hours at their jobs, 
but also fear being penalized or losing momentum in the career by talking to their boss about how something like this could work. And I know this episode is going live as we're still staying at home and we're getting notices about summer camp closures and what work and school will look like in the coming months is still kind of up in the air. So whether you can't wait to get back into the office five days a week or you find yourself interested in a longer term work from home situation, I think you'll still be inspired by Lindsay's story of asking for what she wanted, and designing a life that she loves. You can also find the details of any of the resources mentioned in this episode, like Lindsay's favorite time-saving tools, over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 28. Again, that's abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 28. And while you're there, I invite you to grab your seat to my upcoming free workshop all about creating a schedule that actually works for you, your routines, your family, and your work. Y'all, I am so excited about this, and I hope you are too. Yeah, you can start your week with a game plan, tackle your to-do list, and be ready to adapt and adjust when life throws crazy curveballs your way. And I think we've all had our fair share of curveballs lately. Am I right? Does this sound too good to be true? Well, I can promise you, my friend, that it is definitely not. Mark your calendar for Wednesday, May 20th, because for the first time, I'm sharing my proven three-step system for winning your week in my upcoming free workshop called Get a Game Plan, Three Steps to Design Your Winning Week. On Wednesday, May 20th, I'm diving into exactly how you can step away from the chaos and create some calm in your life by giving this workshop at four different times between 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. Sure, I could offer just one workshop and then share a replay, but I want to be there to answer your questions in real time and help you figure this out once and for all. If you're frustrated because you just can't get into a good groove with your routines or the rhythms of your day, if you're exhausted and totally drained and it's only noon, or you're ending the day feeling like you have mountains left to move on your to-do list, you are going to love what I'm teaching in this hour-long workshop. Until now, I've only shared these techniques with my one-on-one time management coaching clients or in private workshop settings. And now I am making an exception for a limited time. Times are crazy, but your life doesn't have to be. I am here for you and I cannot wait to see you inside this workshop. So head over to the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 28 to register now and choose the workshop time that works best for you. Download your workbook and I'll see you there. And before we dive into this episode, I want to thank you again for being a fan. And if you haven't yet, I invite you to click that subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes and surprise bonus episodes go live. If you like what you hear, I would be so grateful for your review. Your reviews play a huge role in helping others find It's About Time in the search results. And you might just get a shout out in a future episode like this one from Jeanette Tapley. Jeanette Tapley was so kind to leave a five-star rating and review. Jeanette writes, I have been loving this podcast. 
Anna is teaching from a place of love and understanding. She has helped me more than I can explain, and we've never even met in person. I am thankful for her expertise. Jeanette. Okay, first of all, a huge thank you and virtual hug to you. So Jeanette is actually my very amazing, talented, and patient podcast editor. Jeanette has edited every single one of my podcast episodes, with the exception of only three. So she has listened to almost every word and all of the... um interesting outtakes, coughs, sneezes, spilled water cups, dog barks, and more since the very beginning. I'm so thankful for you, Jeanette, and you are so kind to leave this sweet review. If you're a podcaster too, and you're looking for help with making your episodes amazing, visit JeanetteTapley.com. Jeanette is also the host of It's Time for Coffee podcast and is writing a book right now. So go check her out. She's pretty fantastic. And with that, It's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Hey, Lindsay, and welcome to It's About Time. I am so excited that you are joining me on the podcast today. How are you? Anna, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm honestly excited that we're making this happen. So the first time that Lindsay and I tried to record uh, our podcast episode, our chat together, like every single thing went wrong that you could possibly imagine. I think this is meant to be though. (laughs) Yeah, this is, this is meant to be like today. It's going to, it's going to be awesome. We're awesome. You've got a really fantastic story to tell. And so I am absolutely delighted that everyone is going to get to know you and hear about you. So I told the listeners a little bit about you and what you do and what life looks like in the intro, but I'd love to hear from you in your own words. How are you spending your time these days? You're so sweet, Anna. Thank you again for having me. Um, I'm so excited to share my story too. And um, thank you to everyone who's tuning in. Um, My name is Lindsay, as Anna said. I'm a full-time mom to my two-year-old son, Preston, and wife to my husband, Chris, of five and a half years now. Um, But I also enjoy continuing to practice my career passion in PR at a local New Orleans agency, Devaney. as Anna had said, you know, this was purely by my design, but I'm a part-time work-from-home mom, approximately 20 hours or so a week. Um, I'm a member of the volunteer organization, the Junior League of New Orleans, um, and I also am a huge believer of keeping my sweet tooth in check with my love for Zumba. <laughs> love it, Zumba. Um, I'll have to tell you about the time that I accidentally went to a Zumba class and didn't realize it was a Zumba class until halfway through the class and hilarious. Did you have a great time? It was so much fun. Um, but awesome. I didn't realize that, I didn't realize that you're supposed to wear shoes because I thought it was a bar class. And yeah, it, it was interesting. But yeah, a lot of fun. So Are I'll you- save that story for another day. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, okay, so to recap, you are a mom to a two-year-old little boy. Um, and you work part-time for a PR firm here in New Orleans. So Lindsay, 
Just like so many other podcast guests that I've had on the show, you bring to the table your own unique version of a full plate with a fulfilling family life, a career that you really enjoy, and you also take time to volunteer in the community. You know, I'd, I'd love to hear more about what, um, you know, what exactly does that, like, what does that fulfilling family life look for you, look like for you? Because, you know, you've said that you do work part-time at the PR agency. So um, yeah, just tell me a little bit about, about what family time looks like. Absolutely. Um, you know, as a work from home mom, 99% of the time, um, I utilize nap time to my best ability. Um, the nap time hustle. It, it It's a real thing. And I, and sometimes I, I actually like envy people who don't have to hustle during nap time because they actually get to relax or, you know, watch a show or a movie or something. And, um, but, but honestly, I wouldn't change my setup for the world. It's amazing. Um, so I, re- I work really, really hard during nap, whether that's prepping dinner, you know, cranking out deadlines um, or cleaning and organizing dishes or whatever is left over in the house, starting laundry, that sort of thing. Um, I also do some post bedtime work as well. So in the evenings, um, you know, after Preston is put to bed, after, you know, bath time, all that good stuff is wrapped up when Chris and I finally have a chance to sit down at the couch and breathe, you know, um, I sometimes have to pull out my computer and I have about two hours or so to crank out deadlines for the upcoming day or week ahead. Um, I'll even do early morning workshop. You know, I'll have coffee at, at my desk and Chris will do breakfast and get Preston ready. I mean, honestly, it's a tag team thing at home and I'm so blessed the way that we've kind of set it up. Everything's been awesome. But honestly, I really do work so hard to keep weekends reserved for family time. Um, I have this little joke with Chris. I call it a dadder day. Him and Preston have a little bit of time on Saturdays to just do like father son things while mm-hmm. I go to my Saturday morning Zumba class or um, go catch coffee or brunch or lunch with friends. And um, it, it really is a good time for me to throw in some self-care and some alone time, you know, for mom. Um, but honestly, weekends are for family. It's when we get to do our dinners with granny and gramps and, um, really reserve that time for family. Dadder day. Can you please put that on a shirt? <laughs> I will. Absolutely. That is, that's amazing. Dadder day. I mean, my little girl Camilla is still pretty, pretty little. And um, I can't exactly send Scott and Camilla out to do tons of activities together yet, like go to the park, but that's, that is absolutely going to be a thing. I'm writing that down. Dadder please. Day. It- enforce it because it will save you so much sanity to even just two hours of, you know, whether it's an empty house. And, and I'm just like speaking from experience. I don't mean it ugly. Like I love my family. I love Preston right. so much, but honestly, sometimes you just need some peace. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Lindsay, one of the things that I love about the picture that you just painted about life is that everything just kind of merges together in any given day, you know, you're using your early morning hours for work. You're using your late night hours for work. You're being very specific and intentional about what's family time and what isn't. And in in her book, I Know How She Does It by Laura Vanderkam, she has hundreds of high achieving, like quote unquote, successful women provide, you know, time logs of how they spend an entire week and really 
the, the schedule that you just shared is so, so similar to what so many of those time logs look like with women being creative uh, with how they find time to get work done, especially in those early morning and late night hours, which um, the author, Laura Vanderkam, called the split shift. That, that in order to stay on track with their careers and in order to continue progressing after starting their families, that women are looking at those early morning and those late night hours that split in the day um, to really do that progressive work. It is so true, Anna. I cannot tell you. It it kind of becomes an art almost at certain points, you know, yeah. and, and I'll be honest. There are times where I have bitten off more than I can chew at work, and sometimes I have to wave my white flag and, um, you know, burnout is real because I'm so exhausted come the end of the day, and I have a project that's due in three days, and I just can't make it. You know, those things happen. And mm-hmm. so I, I am so lucky. I get to, you know, reach out to my supervisors and my account partners that and say, look, I am drowning. I need to delegate something. And they are always so willing to jump in and reassign tasks or help shuffle workload around. You know, it isn't easy. I'm very type A and have lived by the mantra that it's easier or quicker for me to do it than to explain it to someone mm-hmm. else. Um, but mm-hmm. sometimes that just isn't the case. Um, I'm growing more and more comfortable with giving others a chance to try a new project or a task by mm-hmm. helping them along the way and giving them a new skill too. So, in and also, of course, it eases my plate by a landslide. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was actually just talking to one of my coaching clients earlier this week about, yes, delegating is such a challenge, but you are given such an amazing leadership opportunity when you are challenged to clearly define your vision, and then clearly communicate it with someone else so that they can take it and build it for you. And that requires a lot of trust and a lot of courage to let things go. And it absolutely delights me, Lindsay, to hear that you're working with a team that is so ready to help you readjust whenever things get crazy. And I'm sure you know that in 2019, um, PR Pro was the was one of the top 10 most stressful jobs. So it's it's awesome to me to hear that your work environment in a crazy PR like industry is is supportive. Oh, absolutely. And my team is just top notch. I can't speak highly enough of them. Um, we'll get into more of this later about how I kind of worked my work set up with them um, after my maternity leave after I had Preston. Um, but it's just amazing. They're always so willing to zig and zag and reshuffle things. And, um, but honestly, in the same token, you know, it comes back to me too. I'm always also willing to jump in, lend a helping hand and support when needed. Um, so, you know, it's two sides to every coin for sure. So for those listening who are not familiar with the public relations industry, Lindsay, can you tell us what makes it so stressful and like why it would even deserve a spot in the top 10? Oh gosh, where do I even begin? I mean, Anna, you, you've lived it too. You know, you had a a former life in PR and um, the crisis work is so taxing. Um, It's so demanding. It's around the clock. It's nonstop. Um, It's 24 seven, you know, and it's so stressful because we never really know what outcomes to expect, but we're anticipating them. And um, it's, it's awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. It is awesome. It's a high that you've never experienced before, but at the same time, it can be so taxing on someone. 
I can see it takes a lot of um, a self-discipline. I think self-discipline might be the right word to know your limit and to know when you have to pull back in order to avoid that burnout. What's your experience been with just trying to avoid burnout in such a high stress industry? Oh, absolutely. Um, honestly, setting parameters. Um, you know, my the, very, very early on when I was working to set up the um, the employee status setup that I have now, um, I made it very, very clear that I cannot work on projects that require around the clock monitoring or extremely fast deadlines because during the day I'm chasing a toddler around, changing diapers, building Legos, playing racetrack with a bunch of cars down the hallway and bubbles in the backyard, you know, those sorts of things that I wanted to experience at home with my child. And I I wasn't ready to let that go. And, um, but at the same time, I still wanted to have my career. So I have to be able to work on things at my own pace. And that has been the most helpful standard across the board. You know, Anna, I have grown more comfortable with setting boundaries. The older that I've gotten, the more experience that I've gotten in my career. When I get a text or a call or an email from someone at the office or my boss or my supervisor, um, and I'm away from my desk, I'm just transparent. You know, I'm honest and I say, hey, I'll be back at my desk at one o'clock, which just so happens to be during nap time. Or... I'll plan to call you back at 7 p.m. after dinner and bedtime is over, you know, that sort of thing. And I have been met with so much understanding. They've been so flexible and they always say, "Okay, sounds great. Talk to you then or whatever. Um, Being really clear about those boundaries has been a lifesaver. And just managing expectations like they understand when they'll hear when they will hear from you and then you follow through by actually you know sticking to what you've promised yes absolutely so knowing that pr is such a stressful industry i'd love to hear what led you to the industry like how did you get your start i gave a dear friend of mine a heart to heart talk and asked him when i was a senior in high school where do you see me in 10 years? And his answer Mm -hmm. was public relations. And at the time, yes. And at the time I was like, what is that? Honestly, Anna, I was destined for Broadway. Like I was sure I was going to be in New York city. I wish I was lying. I knew for a fact that I was going to go to NYU. I was going to study acting. I was going to be on the stage. I was going to be a big fish and it was going to be awesome. Like that was my ultimate pipe dream. Right? So leaving high school, I thought for sure I was going to be a theater major and I was going to kill it. So when I went to Loyola and realized that they had a great communications program, I was like, well, I'll dip my toes and see, you know, if my friend, you know, back from high school was, was he right? You know, was I really going to enjoy this? Took a couple of like those intro classes that you take Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and loved them. Yeah. Loved them. There were a few professors specifically that absolutely sold me on PR. Like I knew mm-hmm. that was exactly where I needed to be. And it was so refreshing. So I, w- I ended up being a PR major, musical theater minor. And it was, it was the best experience. I got to be on stage at Loyola, loved it so much, but also got to, you know, get a career and, you know, build a path for myself in PR. And it, it, it was, has been the best journey. How has your experience on stage and in that world shaped your career? Oh gosh, 
that's a great question. Let me think about that. Honestly, Anna, I think it just gave me a lot of confidence. Like I'm not afraid to talk to anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, I can, um, I can typically improvise pretty well. Um, that's helped too, you know, taking improv classes and those sorts of things in theater and, um, and, and yeah, I mean, there's different like little tools and things that you pull from one part of your life into the next and they evolve and those sorts of things. So, um, so yeah, I think they've really melded together and um, really put me um, ahead in my career for sure. Okay, y'all. So I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. That's, you know, Lindsay, I love that, especially that you mentioned improv. So yes, as you said, I have a background in crisis PR and public affairs. And so I've been there. I've been in the trenches whenever you have to think on your feet and pivot quickly and devise a new strategy in the moment. And I can't imagine how valuable that practice of, you know, improv and that thinking on your feet and um, just being able to stir up your creativity whenever you need it in order to solve a problem for a client. Oh, absolutely. And it has been the best journey. Okay. So this, like, first of all, I, I had no idea that you were destined for the Broadway stage and I'm, I'm absolutely going to have to, um, take you to karaoke or test out your singing chops or we're, we're going to have to like do a play together. I don't even know what that's going to look like, but I just want to see you in action up on a stage. Lindsay, we're going to make Let's that do it. <laughs> so that's 
I love, you know, knowing kind of what led you there and that's that self-discovery and really, you know, being thoughtful and asking someone else, you know, what do you see for me? And then like taking that advice, trying it out and seeing what happened. Um, you know, so often we get, you know, set on this single career path or this single idea for like a project and we're unwilling to divert from it. And so I think it's really awesome that, you know, not only did you try something out, dip your toe in the water and absolutely fall in love with it. But you've been able to take one of America's most stressful professions and find a way to design a life that allows you to have that fulfilling career and that fulfilling family life. So this is where I really want to hear from you, like how exactly, how exactly on a tactical level, do you make this work from day to day when it comes to like tools or systems or processes, amazing things like data day that you have in place? <laughs> like, how do you make things happen? Absolutely. You know, Anna, I honestly don't have any like super sexy or unique time management tools that have helped me, but I swear by my Google calendar. I have, uh -huh. ex I have exhausted the paper calendar route. I think they are so gorgeous. I could scroll through Instagram, you know, watch folks fill out their beautiful daily planners. And maybe one day I'll be in a season where I can really invest some time into building the most beautiful paper planner that I've dreamed of with stickers and calligraphy. And um, it, they're stunning. But honestly, for me, Cal like Google Calendar is what works for me right now. And I swear by it. Chris and I share both of our work calendars to it. And we have a personal calendar together. So everything is layered really nicely, overlaps. We can see what's on deck for the week when booking doctor's appointments, business trips, and family time. You know, um, just a couple days ago, I put on the calendar a date for all of us to go strawberry picking in a couple of weeks, you know, since Aww. Louisiana Strawberry Fest, um, Festival is coming up. And um, it was super easy to send Chris a calendar invite and him to accept and, and add to his work calendar so he could see it there too. too. And it's such a great tool. Um, and another thing that I do too, Anna, this is not necessarily a tool per se. I mean, maybe you could say it is. Um, but I am a huge, huge believer in meal planning. And I know that you're a meal planning lover as well. Um, yeah. But not only from the budget perspective, but also from the time management side of things too. I mean, it amazes me how people can start their day or their week not knowing what they're going to have for dinner. And, and of <laughs> course, and I'm speaking in most general cases, of course. But I sit down once a week with a pen in hand, pantry open, you know, refrigerator doors open, computer out, looking at my Google calendar to see, you know, what's on deck. And I start thinking and planning. And, you know, on Tuesdays, I know every single week I'm in the office in the mornings and I have Zumba in the evening that day. So Tuesdays is my best day to do crockpot because it's cooked. It's ready to go. Once Chris gets home from work. I'll run out the door to the gym. You know, I just can't speak highly enough of meal planning. And I hope, I really do hope that all of your listeners give it a try, even for just one week, because it will completely 180 their week. Yeah. So Lindsay, I can tell you that I probably get more Instagram DMs from listeners letting me know that they've started meal planning and what a game changer it's been for them. Yes. 
And I love what, I love what you said about how like Tuesday is the best day for a crockpot meal. I'm totally there for you. When I do my weekly planning sessions on Sunday, I do the same thing. It's like mapping out, okay, what are the tough spots in the week? What night do I have an activity or a meeting? What day is going to be a long day? Boom. That's either going to be a day for leftovers or I'm going to do a slow cooker meal in the morning. And I mean, it's just, it's so much less to worry about from day to day. So I am totally, totally there for you with the meal planning and with the Google calendar. Yeah. 100%. I, um, I, I use a little bit of a hybrid method where I, you know, have my Google calendar. That's my reference, but I love using my paper planner to capture the day's priorities. And I'm with you. I love looking at pictures of people's beautiful planners, but, um, like I promise no offense to anybody who's listening that has like a beautifully decorated planner, but I just have, I have too much, too much. I don't want to say I, I just, it's just not how I want to spend my time. <laughs> and- I want to spend, I want to spend my time doing the things, not decorating. <laughs> right. Yeah. But again, like if, de- if decorating your planner and making it beautiful is your thing, you do it. And I 100% support that. So, Lindsay, what else? Google Calendar, meal planning, what else you got? You know, those two things are my top two. I swear by it. We'll never deviate. Like, tried and true. I'm sticking to it. Love it. Okay. Here's the big question. Like, this is what I'm really looking forward to hearing from you. The public relations industry, advertising, marketing, communications, is known for being, you know, high stress, high adrenaline, um, inflexible at times industry. And it's not alone in being that way. So many other industries are like that as well. And you work, you're considered a a part-time employee. Can you tell me a little bit about what that looks like for you in terms of your time spent in the office and out of the office? Yes, absolutely. Um, I go into the office once a week on Tuesdays for about a half a day. It typically ranges from about um, 7.30 or 8 in the morning till about 11 or noon. Um, It gives me plenty of face time with my coworkers and my boss so I can schedule client calls or new business meetings or um, maybe just, you know, meet with my coworkers about project debriefs that I'll be jumping in on and um, whatever it is. It also provides me an opportunity to get out of the house, honestly, Mm -hmm. and be 100% focused on my work, on my career during that time. Um, And I know that I mentioned this earlier, but the, the best thing for me so far has been setting those parameters, you know, being really clear on can't work on projects around the clock or on really fast deadlines. Um, You know, I need more than a 15 minute leeway, you know, to answer an email or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, You know, being comfortable with setting those boundaries. Um, It has really worked so seamlessly. And I'm so incredibly blessed that I work for an employer who was willing to meet me exactly where I'm at in my life and is understanding and flexible. And I I will forever be indebted to my coworkers and my boss. This has been such a blessing and the greatest setup that I could have ever asked for. Wow. That, that's amazing to have, you know, that 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 much control to a degree, but to to have that type of balance, to have that type of setup. Now you haven't always been part time. That's correct, right? So tell me the story of how this came to be. Oh, this is a long winded one too. So Anna, I'll tell you. 
when I found out that I was pregnant with Preston, we didn't know it was Preston at the time. We didn't know if it was a boy or a girl, but um, <laughs> we looked at all of the options. Chris and I priced out daycares, looked at in-home nannies. We looked at in-home daycares, you know, where you bring your child to someone's house and they watch, you know, six other kids or something like that. But nothing was really sitting right with me in my heart. So I knew that a part of me was pulling me to be home with my child. But I also knew that I was not ready to give up the career that I had worked so darn hard for either. And talk about blood, sweat, and tears being poured into your career. I mean, I know that you know because you've lived it. And I do love what I do. But I also love being a mom. And I think it's the greatest, most important job that I'll ever have. So I was, you know, faced with a lot of daunting questions. Was I facing an ultimatum? Was I going to, was I ever going to find what I really wanted? You know, where was that balance going to be? What was I going to do? And I stewed and I prayed and I mapped out all the options. Do I quit completely? Do I just bite the bullet and go back full time? Or... Do I ultimately be honest with my boss and my coworkers about what I really wanted, which was to work part-time and be home, coexist these two lives together with the new life that I was walking into? And I'll tell you, Anna, I was terrified, like to my toes. Like I was so scared about approaching my boss, about changing my employee status from full-time to part-time. And I went into that discussion with my boss with my heart in my stomach. Like it was just so nerve wracking. I was fearful that I was going to be met with a giant no from my employer and, and that this was never going to work by a long shot, you know, but looking back, I honestly didn't even have a response prepared for that answer. If he would have told me, no, I'm not really sure what I would have said. Um, But luckily, in fact, I was met with understanding. You know, I'm sure that he had a lot of uncertainty because there there was a level of, you know, the what ifs and the wonders since I would literally be the pioneer in this new employee setup. And and honestly, there was a level of trust and loyalty there that I think ultimately helped put his mind at ease and kind of rest my case. Um, I have no regrets that I did it because everything has worked out so beautifully, so seamlessly. I I probably sound like a broken record, but this has been the greatest setup ever. It's such proof that if you're just willing to ask, if you're just willing to dream up and figure out what is my ideal situation? You know, what would be, what would perfect or almost perfect look like? And then ask for it, that it might actually work out. So I have to imagine that there was a lot of preparation and discussions between you and your husband when you were getting ready to pitch this to your boss. What was, you know, you've talked a little bit about looking into the different childcare options, but what was the legwork? Like, what did that preparation look like before you stepped into your boss's office? Oh my gracious. Spreadsheets? <laughs> Anna, spreadsheets. Like I had spreadsheets of titles of places, pricing, when when he or she could start, um, uh, you know, dates of closure because some places close on the um on the parish level or county um if you're listening from out of louisiana um you know level but some of them also close for 
you know, random federal or religious holidays that the school system doesn't, you know, so, you know, those sorts of things, those details that I, I mapped out and we did cost analysis. We looked at, was it going to make sense at all for, for me to work full time and have essentially my entire paycheck or, you know, 75% of my paycheck go towards childcare when it could be me doing that too, you know? So th there were so many layers and levels. Talk about an onion here. But I mean, it was it was so taxing on us um, trying to figure out, could we make this work? And, and Anna, I even think back to, what if I wouldn't have asked? What if I would not have raised my hand and asked for what yeah. I wanted? And yes, I could have ultimately been met with that daunting no, but I wasn't. And if I hadn't asked, I would have, I would have been miserable, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. You, you did the legwork, you put it out there and you asked. So I know you said that your heart was absolutely pounding when you were getting ready to walk into your boss's office and that you didn't necessarily have, you know, a response plan if he had said no. I really didn't. I mean, <laughs> I, I think I would have accepted it and mm -hmm. said, okay, I need a, a week to figure out things, yeah. to process yeah. things. I mean, because we had, at, at, honestly, at that point, we were on no wait lists. Like, we right. had passed all the wait list options. Like, we, there, it was either I quit completely or I do this part-time setup and we work together to figure it out how this is going to work. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm sure that there are so many people listening who either want to start a family or have started a family and are also thinking about, you know, what would it be like if I were to design a life that included part-time employment so that I could spend more time with my family while still being committed to growing in my career. And a lot of times that decision comes down to you know, your work environment and the type of the type of boss that you have. Is that something that your boss is going to be willing to allow you to pioneer like you said, if a program does not already exist. And with so many small businesses um, and, you know, small agencies, like many PR agencies, like that's the case. You, you are pioneering a brand new setup. So I know that you and Chris did a ton of, you know, research and cost benefit analysis in terms of, you know, do you stay, do you go, what daycares, but how did you prepare for the meeting with your boss? Did you write talking points? Did you come up with um, like a list of bullets? Did you have a handout? Like how, how did I you? I did. I knew <laughs> it. Like, tell me how you approached that. Um, I did. I had a notebook with all of my bullet points written out. Um, you know, this is what I want. How can we make this work? Um, let's meet halfway. I mean, I had all of my like little talking points, like why I wanted to do this and um, why I want to stay on as a part-time employee. And um, I, and like I had mentioned before, I really do think that there was that level of trust and loyalty that I had, you know, paid to the company. Um, and, and I think they saw that and trusted that. And, um, and I did mention this as well, but there was an uncertainty because the company has been burnt in the past from folks who have done like a work from home setup, um, who ultimately don't get their work done. But, you know, because I do get my work done, I think that brought a level of comfort and, um, 
put their minds at ease a little bit, knowing that I wasn't going to just be, you know, flighty and unresponsive or whatever. Yeah, you had an established track record for following through and for getting things done. Absolutely. So if we can boil this down into three steps, let me know if you agree with this. First step to making a big ask like this, whether it's to go part-time, maybe you want to go from part-time to full-time, just what, maybe it's just some kind of a big change. First would look like doing extensive research yourself with the spreadsheets, whatever that looks like that can help support in your decision. Yes. Then I'd say step two sounds like make sure that you have an established track record and that you've built trust within your organization. That's perfect. And then the number three spot I'd say would be to prepare for and then have courage to make the ask. Yes. I mean, that was, that was honestly the hardest part because you, I mean, I was so nervous. I was shaking. I can remember my feet were like cold and my fingers were just shaking. I had tremors. It was, it was terrifying. And, but why was it so terrifying? Why are we so scared? Like, what is that psychological, like disconnect? Like, why are we so afraid to just ask a question? Yeah. Why are we so afraid to just ask for the raise, ask for, you know, the change in employee status, whatever the question is like, why, what is so scary about that? You know, like we're all people, we all bleed the same, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's such a silly, like, um, psychological thing. Why we're so afraid of such a simple question. Yeah. We we're so afraid of giving, getting a no that we don't even want to ask. Yes. So Lindsay, having done the prep work, having established the track record of follow through and building trust with your team, having built up the courage and made the ask yourself. And now, you know, you're living every day, this life that you've designed for yourself, where you get to have the best of both worlds. What advice would you give someone who is contemplating a a big change like this? Oh my gosh. That's such a great question. Honestly, I would tell them to not be afraid Mm -hmm. because that is the, the tallest mountain to climb Mm -hmm. Um, because you can do research until you're blue in the face. You can write down all of your talking points and fear can be paralyzing yeah. Paralyzing. And I really want to encourage everyone to just ask, just ask. Yeah. I don't yeah. care if it's yeah. for an extra drink at a restaurant. I don't care what it is. Like just ask. There is no harm in asking. Yeah. Yeah. Just ask. Hashtag just ask. Do you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that I, that I want to share really quickly, you know, during my coaching sessions with clients, very often, you know, despite the fact that the overarching theme of our calls is time management and how to, you know, create a life that you love and focus on what matters most, very often there is big fear that people are pushing through, just like what you experienced when you were preparing to talk with your boss. And what I recommend, what the advice that I give my clients when they are trying to push through that fear is to actually 
think, what's the worst case scenario? What, what is the worst thing that could happen if you ask? Is it a no? Is it get out, you're fired right now? Is it, you know, it, whatever the situation is, what's the worst case scenario? What's the worst thing that could happen? And if it happened, what would you do next? Because a lot of times we get so stressed out about, you know, this unknown, but by actually thinking through, okay, what's the worst that can happen? And then knowing, okay, if the worst happens, I will do this. You have a plan, you have a next step, and it can take just a little bit of the anxiety out of doing whatever hard, scary thing is in front of you. It's so true, Anna. I You did trigger my memory, actually. So I do specifically recall like telling Chris when we were, you know, walking through all of these options and my talking points and prepping for this, you know, this one-on-one meeting with my boss. I vividly remember now that I said, who's, who would be the one losing here? Yeah. Like, look at it from that perspective. Like, I wasn't going to be losing anything because I was going to be getting, you know, time with my child. Whereas I would, of course, have lost, you know, my career. I mean, that would have been devastating, but, you know, they would have lost a loyal employee too. So, you know, that was kind of the perspective that I was going at it with too, was who was going to be the one with the loss at the end of the day. Boom. Absolutely. That's it. Lindsay, okay, I have been so blown away by so much of what you've shared from your experience here. You know, I mean, I've said before that this is something that very likely is on the minds of many people listening right now. You know, what could that life look like if I were to design design what I wanted and then make it happen? And I love that you're such proof of what's possible. You are proof of what's possible. And so before we go, before we go, Lindsay, I have one last question for you. If you could go back in time and give 20-year-old Lindsay some really good life advice, what would you tell her? Oh, my gosh. 20-year-old Lindsay was a different person. That's all I have to say. I mean, you learn so much in those early, you know, formative years of your life. I would honestly tell myself quote, find peace in knowing that life is so much bigger than where you are right now. Yes. End quote. Like that is the truest statement because you, you have such limited perspective when you're like living in that college bubble and Thank God the world is so much bigger than that. Like, honestly, like we all needed to get out of there. But there's a reason why college only lasts four years, right? Like, like, let's just continue to move forward because it, it only goes up from there. Yeah, it only gets better. Lindsay, thank you so, so much for your time, for your valuable insights. I... I'm sure that you inspired courage in so many people listening who are contemplating big moves. And so thank you so much for that. And thank you for your time. And um, Lindsay, how can we keep in touch with you? 
You're so sweet, Anna. Thank you. This has been so great. I'm so glad that I got to share my story. And, um, you know, a lot of folks don't really know like the ins and outs of how I got to be where I'm at. And it just like they think it may have just fallen in my lap, but that certainly wasn't the case at all. And um, I'm so glad that I got to walk you through everything. But for folks who want to stay in touch, um, they can certainly email me anytime. Um, I don't know if you have show notes, but can you post my email address so I don't have to spell it out for you? Yeah, I will definitely pop your email address in the show notes and um, in case people want to keep in touch with you. And yeah, Lindsay, thank you again for your time today. You're amazing. And I just can't wait to see what happens next. Thanks, Anna. And there you have it. Sometimes it is possible to have the best of both worlds if you only take time to design the life you dream of, do the research, create a plan, and the most important, scariest part, ask for what you want. Lindsay is proof of what's possible. And if you are contemplating some type of change in your working arrangement, whether it's a move to part-time or you'd like to create a more permanent remote working arrangement or maybe something else entirely, I hope Lindsay's experience inspires you to go after it. And as always, you can find the links to the productivity tools that Lindsay mentioned over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 28. And while you're there, don't forget to grab a seat in my upcoming totally free live workshop, Get a Game Plan, Three Steps to Design Your Winning Week. Head to the show notes, that's abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 28 to choose the best time and register now. You'll walk away from this free hour-long workshop on Wednesday, May 20th with the three steps you need to create a thoughtful and realistic plan for your week and a schedule that works for you, your routines, your family, and your work that enables you to adapt and adjust as life throws those crazy curveballs your way. Yes, my friend, you can totally win your week. Life might look a little different now, but your success and your sanity doesn't have to. So head over to abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 28 to register now for this limited time opportunity and choose the workshop time that fits into your busy life. I am so excited and I cannot wait to see you there. So before we go, let me tell you a little bit about next week's episode, episode 29. In episode 29, we're talking all about the buddy system and why it's just about the most important piece of the puzzle when it comes to accomplishing your goals, no matter how big or small they might be. I'll share a little bit about the science of accountability, as well as different methods of creating accountability for yourself starting now. Thanks again for listening. Make sure to grab your seat in my upcoming free workshop on May 20th. Get a game plan, three steps to design your winning week. And I look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.